I was excited. He offered high returns. Remember, high returns and an equity stake and everything in the business. He talked a big game of how he was publicized everywhere. And I was great. I was like, okay, let's do this. Uh, the checks he did after sign it, he did say, well, instead of paying you the interest checks that were written out in the contract, I'll just pay you big chunk payments. So I got like a $5,000 payment, got a $10,000 payment. I was like, okay, that took about six months to get those. And then when a final payment bounced and I think he tried to write me another $15,000 check, it just didn't go through. And this was like six, seven months after I gave him the money and I went, uh-oh. Hello, fellow risk takers, and welcome to my worst investment ever. Stories of loss to keep you winning. In our community, we know that to win in investing, you must take risks, but to win big, you've got to reduce it. Today's episode is sponsored by Women Building Wealth Membership Group, the complete proven step-by-step guide for women to guide them from novice to confident investor. To learn more, go to womenbuildingwealth.net. My name is Andrew Stotts from A Stotts Investment Research, and I'm here with featured guest William Manzanares. William, I'm going to call you Will. Are you ready to rock? I'm absolutely ready. Let's do it. So let me tell the audience a bit about you. Will was born and raised in Tacoma area of Washington State and is an active member of the Puyallup tribe. He is a serial entrepreneur, having owned and operated successful smoke shops, convenience stores, and restaurants since 2005. William is passionate about helping small business owners as well as struggling readers. Hmm, readers, that's interesting. Well, to this end, he has written the book, I Can't Read, A Guide to Success Through Failure. Telling the story about being unable to read as a youth and struggling with dyslexia, William hopes his book will equip kids to improve their literacy and inspire them to pursue their dreams. And what a great thing. I remember when I started learning to read, like the world opened up. And I'll tell you a, a quick story, Will. I started to, when I moved to Thailand in 1992, I started studying how to read in Thai. So I was studying the language of how to speak. But what I can remember is I would drive around the country when I first came here and I wouldn't have a clue what all the signs said. But when I started to read, it was like, oh my God, it's all opening up. I see that temple is having a celebration. This school is having a graduation. Oh, turn left to go to the city that I would need to go to. And it was like a whole second time in my life that the world opened up because I could read. So that was my experience about reading. Also, let me wrap up your bio by telling the listeners that Will spends much of his time speaking with students about planning, career planning and goal setting. Will, take a minute and fill in any further tidbits about your life. Oh, Andrew, thank you for having me. I would just go with, uh, I'm the guy who is not afraid to fail. And that's why I said success through failure, because that's why I define it. And I'm glad to be on your show because my story of my worst investment was a lot of failure wrapped into one long story, but that's what I would sum it all up as. Great. Well, it's amazing how much we learn from failure. I mean, I was just talking to someone last night at dinner and I said, you know, smart people learn from their mistakes and wise people learn from others. 
And unfortunately, I'm only a smart guy. (laughs) (laughs) But our listeners have an opportunity to be wise right now. So now it's time to share your worst investment ever. And since no one goes into their worst investment thinking it will be, tell us a bit about the circumstances leading up to it and then tell us your story. Well, the circumstances leading up to it would have to have been when the Seattle Seahawks went to the Super Bowl for the second time and I got to go, I took my daughter and the tickets were vouched through the local publication guy who ran a paper in my area, a weekly publication. And he went around talking about connection. He would always have, know someone, he'd get each show tickets to everything. And that just kind of let down the barrier. Like that was the connection to get me Super Bowl tickets. Hey, I thanked them. And that kind of got me more into his world. And he put on a big show of how connected he was and how much uh, money he made. And that kind of got into the story of how I made my worst investment. I think when I say this out loud, people go, well, duh, it was a publication. But he had a local publication contracted with lots of cities in my area. And he had just signed up another city. And he said he needed some money because he just signed up for another city. Offered, I'll just say, does does your normal, I'm so hesitant to say the amount sometimes, but it's just, I don't think it matters to your listeners, right? That totally up to you. It was $60,000. Right. Loaned it to him. Got my lawyer to drop a contract, everything. I was excited. He offered high returns. Remember, high returns and an equity stake and everything in the business. He talked a big game of how he was publicized everywhere. And I was great. I was like, okay, let's do this. Uh, The checks he did after signing, he did say, well, instead of paying you the interest checks that were written out in the contract, I'll just pay you uh, big chunk payments. So I got like a $5,000 payment, got a $10,000 payment. I was like, okay, that took about six months to get those. And then when a final payment bounced and I think he tried to write me another $15,000 check, it just didn't go through. And this was like six, seven months after I gave him the money and I went, "Uh uh-oh, what did I do? I, by that point I called him. I inherently want to be the nice guy because I feel like you can get a lot more done if you're sweet than with honey and then you know the sugar bee story or whatever you can more flies with vinegar I don't know what people are trying to capture when they come with these analogies with bugs but I decided to be sweet and I talked to him and he gave some sob story my persistent sweet nature was I gotta keep being nice gotta keep being nice I gotta keep being nice he was even telling me yeah I should have brought you in I got sick I guess somewhere through there he claimed he almost died he did lose a lot of weight but it was one of those things where he, he blamed it, always blamed it on someone else, but he let me into his company. And I was consulting for about one week because I think I came up with ideas that could have saved it. And then I, uh, one which foolished me was I got a half an hour with the bookkeeper. And yeah, I know in hindsight, you're thinking you didn't do this before. No, I didn't. That's why this is the worst story ever, right? And after I got to see his books for what it was, I went, oh, crap. I'm never going to get my money back. He owed printers. He owed so many people that I took a deep breath in and went, oh my God, I'm not getting my money back. And he also was the PR, public relations guy for my tribe. So he was out telling people like myself that my tribe owed him a lot of money. And our tribe has a multi-million dollar casino. So you think they have revenue, which they do. But when someone's out there as the title of the peak, public relations telling you he's owed money, you would think he's going to get paid, right? Oh, he'll get paid. He's delaying it because they're delaying his payment. So but he always had a story. But for me, it was once I saw the books, I, I knew I was not going to get my money back. So 
I did what any entrepreneur would do. What do they say? Instead of getting mad, get even. So I started my own online publication and spent the next year after that with a Grit City magazine. Grit City is a nickname they gave for Tacoma, Washington. So I, I started that with a guy who then brought another gal and we were doing this publication. But what I discovered was publications and startup phase don't make money. So essentially I was funding, what is that? Chasing good money after uh, bad. Good money after bad. <laughs> and the other one, my CFO told me later, the sunken cost fallacy, you've already lost so much money with this uh, guy at the weekly paper that you th- you're just going to keep sinking money into a publication. So I did. I, I guess where this story has its point of triumph for me was I started that because I knew there was going to be a point that his weekly paper, it was going to implode on itself. He couldn't keep the, and I called it a Ponzi scheme to a few people. I was like, it seems like a Ponzi scheme, high rewards, help certain investors. And oh, by the way, when I talked to the bookkeeper, she told me all the stories about how he's wanted to meet one of you people who invested into him because he does this all the time. He'll either shake you down and he'll say he gave you all this advertisement for free so he doesn't owe you anymore. So anyway, let's go back to what I was doing with this online publication. I, I was sinking a lot of money into it to keep it going. And one day just said, I can't do this anymore. Why am I doing this to get back at someone who clearly couldn't run a publication himself? I ended up giving that company to the founding two members, the other two, and washed my hands of it, but I gave it to them. So I funded it up to a certain point and kept paying their salary. And then I walked away. They are making a living off of it now, but I will never get an ROI from any of those decisions that I've ever made, except I get to brag about a cool story where when it did all come to fruition, it was this last couple, maybe about in the last calendar year. He lost his job with the tribe because everyone kind of kind of belly up. And then he started doing this rant about the tribe owing him money in his publication. So he went totally negative. And about that time, Grit City outranked his social media platform and is now doing thriving. So I guess that was my worst investment than still spending more money on it because I was mad. And I never, yeah, a lot of lessons out of that story. Well, let's go and into it. it. Uh, well, it also yeah. cost me about the same amount of money to start. Okay, I spent $60,000 to start Grit City Magazine too. So I was like, damn it, Will, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, <sighs> it's the, uh, what I'm feeling is the emotional decisions, you know, that we make in those times. You know, I shared a little bit about my worst investment ever and the, the idea that I felt sh- shameful that I kept going in this when somebody objectively could have looked out at that business and say, what are you doing? So, you know, there's for all of us, you know, when we look at our worst investment, there's a a lot of different feelings that go with it, but let's, let's go through what lessons did you learn? Due diligence. I will never, and anyone who listens to your podcast, if my story doesn't help, I don't know how many more uh, lessons you're going to have to learn. If any friend, family member who has an existing business that looks really great from the outside, you don't know their debts. If they're offering you an equity stake in a company, you should look at their debts, look at their books. And if they're not willing to show you, then they're not wanting to partner with you. They're trying to take from you. So if I did due diligence before you and I wouldn't be talking right now about this. Mm. Any other lessons? Oh, con, con artists or confident men make you believe in the confidence that they have. Mm. don't look at what someone's doing for you just because they're doing it for you or they're doing that. They, he developed a, a mass scheme. Oh, actually, let me tell you how everything unraveled. Mm. My, my child, 
spoiled comet because he would get show tickets for us all the time. It was some concert. I don't remember the name, but she would get, got some tickets and she said, dad, the seats are cheaper, closer. Why are my, we way back here? And I thought, I thought he gets these. He knows everyone. They're all sponsors of all these shows and he's so big. And then I Googled where he got the tickets and it was not even like StubHub or Ticketmaster or some offhand. So one comment unraveled me researching. So another life lesson is research, not just due diligence. Research, because even if someone's getting you money or any kind of investment or, I don't know, a publicly traded company, you have to do more research than what they present. So research it. See what people are talking about the company. If I would have researched a little bit more into all that gift giving he was giving before, I would have realized that you can make a couple calls and get to the Super Bowl anytime you want or the World Cup anytime you want if you just keep calling. Got it's it. not that someone says, I'm here, I can bestow this upon you because I am the connected guy. Mm, mm. Yeah, and, and research is... Uh is so much about don't trust everything that you hear. Dig into your research. L let me summarize what I take away from your story and see if there's anything that I missed. But there's a few things. I mean, one, you've already gone through great lessons. I would say the other one is failed to monitor, which is one of the mistakes that, that is common mistake is that we give money to people or to business startups. And then we're not saying, okay, what's the latest uh, what's your revenues this month? What's your cost this month? Show me the financial statements, you know. So due diligence first is getting access to that. But monitoring is about keeping track of exactly what's going on. And for a lot of people that are investing in private business, I always say, first step, make sure that that company closes its books every month, that the accountants produce a balance sheet and an income statement, even though it's more time and trouble and hassle, get those financial statements that ultimately will be signed by an auditor. So that's the first one is about monitoring is so important. The other thing is that something that I've learned in life, I think we all learn is that, and you learn it the hard way is that there is no shortcut to building trust. We like people, we meet someone, we think we trust them, but there simply is no shortcut to learning trust. We gain trust over time. And so when you come upon someone that's, you know, feels, gives you confidence and they're really excited, you know, just remember the first three words of confidence, con, the first three letters, where does con man come from? It's someone who builds confidence. So just remember that trust is built over time. So get to know the person and try to build that trust. But trust is only really proven through hard times. And the last takeaway that I would say is spite is not a good investment strategy. Not at all. <laughs> so that's uh, the, the idea of monitoring, also the idea of trust, and the idea of spite not being a good strategy. You have anything you would add to that? Well, I actually thought of one more thing. I wanted to write this book for years. And taking advantage of a publication, he helped. I produced some articles there for a while and got it in an advice column, which he gave me, obviously, because I was an investor. But it was... Don't believe just because someone says they're in that world. He says he's in the publication world. Yeah, he owes a lot of people in that publication world. It was believing that I, you go to one person who claims they have the ability. I think it's, oh, cool. Can you introduce me? If they're not quick to want to introduce you and hand you off. I've met amazing people out there. And I think the listeners could agree to this, that they have no pre reason to not connect you with their connection right away if it's going to benefit both you you can tell a lot if they put it off like that 
part of the con is you'll never meet that person. Well, I got connections in the publication world. I got you. I got you. Right. Just here. Yeah. So that, that aspect. And uh, that I reminds, wanted to add that. That reminds me of, remember, I talked to you about my, each morning I get up and I have my kind of mantra. And one of the things is that I help one person step towards achieving their goals. Nice. And the idea is, is that, you know, that openness, that willingness to help and to be open, that builds trust. All right. So. Now, let's take ourselves into the mind of that young man or woman who is listening right now, and they're just about to make the same mistake based on what you've learned from this story and what you continue to learn. What one action would you recommend our listeners take to avoid suffering the same fate? Don't believe when you go into an investment about the high returns. Think about, can you afford losing the amount of money you're investing? That in any story when you're investing with a private person would be the question you'd have. If you can't afford the loss that you're putting into it, don't believe the high returns. Great advice because that is the actual, the sexy draw is that high return. Got me. Yep. It was the high return. Where did we start with this interview? Honey? Yeah. Yeah. I was like trying to be sweet. Oh yeah. Let's go. It's the time, man. I'm in the big time. Now people come to me with big opportunities to make lots of money. And the fact is, don't believe it. So I think that's great advice. And remember, folks, that don't invest in it unless you could lose all of that. And chances are, if the business is successful, you're going to need more money to put in it anyways to grow. So make sure, make sure you've got, you could lose all the money that you invested in. All right. Last question. What's your number one goal for the next 12 months? For the next 12 months, I would like to see people who struggle with reading, picking up a copy of my book. And then after that, picking up more books and learning, learning from, like we've said before, I think we will have the same theme: learn from others' mistakes. You can't live long enough to make them all yourself. I've made a lot of mistakes in my life with my reading struggle. And one was not admitting it to the public, to anyone for most of my life. And I would, would hope that they would, no, that's my hope. I know that people, if they pick up books, start reading, whatever that means to them through listening, through Braille, through audio is you will learn something and you will be a better person for it. You know, they say that the, what you read now, it will be who you will become in five years or whatever you surround yourself now. It's been different analogies through, I guess they say that you're the five, five people in your life, you have their net worth. Yeah. Like the five closest people you have their net worth. I don't know about that one because how many people actually share the net worth with their closest friends? <laughs> but the, I would say everything you're reading now is who you're going to become in a few years from now, any year from now. So that's what I'm going to see for me the next year is continue reading myself and promoting books of any type of that will help people. It's a great, it's an honorable goal. And when you, re, when you write a book, you realize the value of book is that it's so hard to take a message and bring it down into something that can be understood and is, is explained in a good way. And whether you're writing a, a nonfiction book or a fiction book, just the amount of effort that goes into writing a good book is a lot. And I think that once I wrote books, I kind of started appreciating that a book is a condensed version of a message and you know what an opportunity to receive that message. So fantastic. Well, listeners, there you have it. Another story of loss to keep you winning. 
To find more stories like this, previous episodes, and resources to help you reduce your risk, visit MyWorstInvestmentEver.com. As we end, Will, I want to thank you again for coming on the show. I know it's painful talking about our losers, but our listeners are learning to win as a result. Do you have any parting words for the audience? Hey, it's okay to take risk. Just make sure you're not risking everything you have. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, that's a wrap on another great story to help us create, grow, and most importantly, protect our wealth. Fellow risk takers, I'll see you on the upside.